Open the Word of God this morning, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It may be a little dull and dreary outside. That is quite irrelevant. The Lord sometimes brings clouds into our lives, but we ought to look past those clouds. Just a few thousand feet up, it's as brighter, brighter than it's ever been before. The sun is shining brightly in our world, just a few thousand feet above those ugly gray clouds. And so we should ignore them. And a little farther above that, the Lord Jesus Christ is shining in all of his resplendent glory in heaven. There's nothing dulling him, nor ever shall dull him. A merry heart is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Joy in the Lord is a choice. To have a great day in the house of the Lord today is a choice. And I hope you'll make that choice with me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I have recently had occasion to share the first five verses with you about how Paul dumbed down his presentation of the gospel to make sure that the converts from his preaching were by the power of God, not by his eloquence. I want you to notice that in verse 1 we have the word wisdom, in verse 4 we have the word wisdom, and in verse 5 we have the word wisdom, and in all three cases... Paul is saying, I didn't come and preach with wisdom. Okay? I didn't come and preach with wisdom, but it's man's wisdom he's talking about in 1, 4, and 5. Because I want to read to you verses 6 and 8. How be it, in spite of what I just wrote about not preaching with wisdom, how be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Those that are taught in the gospel of Christ, we do preach a different kind of wisdom to them. Yet not the wisdom of this world, the wisdom that I refuted in the first five verses, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen and amen. Our prayer in the back room this morning among the men, our leader Colin quoted to us and read to us from Ephesians chapter 3 about the mystery of Christ. And he didn't know what I had for my opening text of scripture, but it's about the mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel as as it's used in the New Testament is not something that cannot be known, it's something that the world doesn't know. It's something that natural man does not perceive. It is something that the brothers of Jesus Christ did not see until after his resurrection. And we wouldn't see it if the Lord hadn't shown it to us. So the mystery of the gospel about Jesus Christ that is spoken of in verses 6 through 8 is something we can know and something we want to learn better today. So we do speak wisdom when we preach. But it's the hidden wisdom of the gospel, hidden from natural man's eyes, hidden from their microscopes and telescopes. They do not know the things of Christ. They miss them. But we speak them among those that are perfect, those that are taught in the gospel. You hear those things, those that are born again. You hear those things, understand them and believe them, embrace them and want to obey them. And so the Lord's made the difference. And so we speak that wisdom. The men of this world, they think that it's foolishness and they turn and go away. 
and those that are born again from heaven, they want to stay and hear more of it. So we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. It's not the educational system or the intellectual ideas of this world, nor of the princes of the world that come to naught, like the leadership of the Jews or the leadership of the Romans, because they rejected Jesus Christ. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We just preach the gospel of God sending his son into this world who laid down his life, died, rose again, is reigning at the right hand of God over all the nations of the earth, dashing them in pieces like a potter's vessel and is coming again for us to burn up the earth and the heavens with fervent heat and to melt all the elements and to make a new heaven and a new earth where he'll reign in perfect righteousness over us forever and they'll be in the lake of fire. Now that's a lot of information I just gave you. And they don't know a thing about it. You know, they're worrying about all the political posturing that's going on in Washington, D.C. to no effect. And here we are talking about real kings, real politics, and real events. And brethren, it's a mystery to them. They don't know anything about it. We know all about it. We're excited about it. We're waiting for it. So we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. It's hidden from them. It's not hidden from us. It's revealed to us, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Before he made the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, he had already ordained all these things that were going to come to pass for the display of his glory and for the riches of his glory to be realized by you and me in a new heaven and a new earth, which none of the princes of this world knew. They did not know about the Lord Jesus Christ or they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They would not have touched Jesus of Nazareth. They would have fallen at his feet and worshipped him if they had known who Jesus of Nazareth was. And they would have paparazzi surrounding this building if they knew who we were. And the Bible tells us that in 1 John chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 2, and the final two verses of this chapter tell us the same thing, that if they knew who we were and our relationship to the creator God of the universe and our relationship to Jesus Christ, they would treat us with great interest. But we don't care if they treat us with great interest or great hatred. All we care about is to be approved of God and to love our Lord Jesus Christ more than we did yesterday. Let's do that today. It's a choice. Is that the sweet sound of rain? Thank you, Lord. We're dry. How many of our brethren have had to meet in forests, caves, catacombs? Here we are, comfortable. Lord, bless us. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, our Father, Jacob could hardly say, what we should say and we do now say. We are not worthy of the least of all the truth that you have shown us. We do not deserve the hidden wisdom of the mystery of the gospel. We do not deserve to know the Lord Jesus Christ. In our flesh and by nature, we are just like the children of wrath, if not worse. We were following the course of this world and the prince of the power of the air, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of our mind. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for showing us the truth. Thank you for sending us your spirit. Thank you for sending us your word. Thank you for sending us preachers to tell us the truth that we might be saved from error, blindness, ignorance, and rebellion. We thank thee for all these blessings, and we rejoice to be with the people of God this morning in the house of God on the Lord's day to open the word of God and to learn about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father. Save us from any wisdom of man today. Let us just speak the Word, to preach the Word, 
and let it have free course and be glorified here and everywhere else that it's preached in sincerity and in truth. Heavenly Father, as has been prayed already, forgive us our sins, forgive us for neglecting thee and thy Son, forgive us for neglecting thy word, forgive us for grieving and quenching thy spirit, forgive us for not appreciating our brethren and companions in this course that we have chosen by your grace to follow thee until you come for us. Heavenly Father, do bless us in this assembly. Preserve and keep those that cannot be here due to illness, traveling, or other reasons. Unite all of our hearts, whether here or not, in the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of your Spirit. Open the Word of God to us. O Lord, open our hearts to it, that together we might see and know the things of Christ better than before, that the dimensions of his love might be obvious to us, and that we would enlarge our hearts toward him, as the apostle wrote the church at Corinth, Heavenly Father, that we might be enlarged toward Christ, that our hearts would grow in affection and love for him and for whatever he asks of us in the time that we have left in this world. We pray for your kingdom throughout the world and all of its churches. We pray for our nation that you'll preserve and keep it. We thank you for it, and we thank you for our rulers. Give them wisdom and discretion, prudence and understanding of the things they are dealing with. Forgive us our sins. Lead us in paths of righteousness. O Lord, be with us this day. Draw nigh to us as we draw nigh to thee. Without thee, this assembly is vain. Without your blessing, we'll accomplish nothing good. But, O Lord, with thy blessing, we can expect riches and grace and glory today in the house of the Lord. Now be with us. Our hearts are united. We humble ourselves before thee. We confess our unworthiness. We call upon thee to help us. O Father in heaven, through Jesus Christ our Lord, hear our prayer and bless us in his name. Amen.